after spending time with the first three Brahma-viharas of loving-kindness and compassion and joy. Tonight we are going to move on to the last of the four Brahma-viharas, the, the equanimity. And as the other three can seem like they have more of an emotional aspect to them, or maybe, maybe even like a, a little more juicy in some ways, the equanimity could seem and might seem like uh, taking a stone and throwing it into a pond and that, that stone just drops to the bottom of the pond, just sinks into a still place, to a firm place. And the equanimity is like that. It's, it's the uh, uh, talking about equanimity and pointing to equanimity is really pointing to the, the still mind or the quiet mind, where, which is really unmoving, the unmoving mind. And so, as with the others, we cultivate practice and cultivate the um, mind of equanimity. And I'm not going to say very much about it tonight, since tomorrow night I'll be giving a whole talk on equanimity and go into the kind of the more, more of the parameters of what equanimity is. But tonight we're going to practice the Brahma-vihara practice of equanimity. And this particular uh, Brahma-vihara, the, the, the phrase can be more or less a little bit more complex depending on what suits you, uh, what resonates for you. I'll repeat the classical phrase for the equanimity because I think that the classical fra- phrase actually has a lot of meaning in it. And at times we may want to take time to actually reflect on these words, this particular phrase, just to see what happens for us as we repeat these words. There's a, a, a fair amount of words, and you may not want to use this as your practice all the time, so you can change it and use simpler words, which I'll give you some suggestions for. But the classical phrases are all beings are the owners of their karma. Their happiness and unhappiness depend upon their actions, not upon my wishes for them. And so you may want to take a moment and to see what happens as you let those words come in. I'll repeat them. All beings are the owners of their karma. Their happiness and unhappiness depend upon their actions, not upon my wishes for them. These, the equanimity phrases have a way of pulling back the mind, the mind that wants to go out in some kind of reactivity to change things, to demand that things be different. And it says, I can't do that. 
So it's a kind of a pulling in, a, a dropping into the present moment once again. It's fine to use those phrases if it's something that really resonates for you. There's also simpler phrases that can be used. Um, the phrase of, may we accept things as they are. May we accept things as they are. And sometimes you may want to change the pronoun, and you can play with that as well. If you're directing this to a certain person who there may be some charge with or, or some uh, connection with, you may want to see what happens when you change the pronoun to you. May you accept things as they are. Or may I accept things as they are. You can play, play with these different aspects. They all have a different, a different feel for them. My favorite one, the one that I often use, is no matter how I might wish for things to be otherwise, things are as they are. No matter how I may wish for things to be otherwise, things are as they are. Seeing what words have a personal resonance for you, you can find your own words. There's words that you can be, you can use that are a little bit more directive, like, I will care for you, but cannot keep you from suffering. I will care for you, but I cannot keep you from suffering. Another version of that is, I wish you happiness, but cannot make your choices for you. It's like, I I can't get in there and make things different in the way that I really would like to. I just can't do it. And there is the recognition of that, and the recognition of that has a way of pulling the mind back and bringing it into more equanimity. So as you, you, when you work with this practice, it's important to see, uh, find out what words help the mind to release, help the mind to pull back into the the non-clinging, the non-reactivity, the mind that that can come back into a place of stillness. So with the equanimity practice, we begin with the easiest person. And, And classically, the easiest person with equanimity is the one in the neutral category. So we actually begin with our neutral person, somebody that we feel somewhat indifferent towards or the stranger. And clearly it's obvious why we do that because there is much less likelihood of reactivity, maybe no reactivity because there's just no karma, there's no history, there's, there's no, nothing that grips the mind around the neutral person. So we begin there so that we can get some sense of perhaps what this feels like, a mind that is not reaching out. And then we go to the benefactor, then to the friend, to the difficult person, and after the difficult person, then we go to ourselves. And then we go to all beings. So it's a different order altogether, which helps us deepen into the equanimity. 
which we will do uh, tonight together. One of the one of the obstacles that we need to be watchful for is the tendency for the mind to slip into indifference, where the mind is is dis disconnected in a way that is too pulled back. It's it's not a connected, engaged equanimity, which makes this a difficult practice because we really need to explore what does it mean to actually stay engaged but not to be caught in the reaction or the clinging. So we watch for the feeling of of an indifference, falling into an indifference which we might identify as a disconnection or disengagement, too much detachment, which is the near enemy of equanimity. But we also watch for subtle forms of aversion and and other forms of withdrawal, uh, ways that the mind starts to move, the way the mind starts to get involved in some kind of reaction. If either of these start to happen, it can help to sharpen the focus of the person or the, the group of people that you're sending this to, like, uh, get, get, increase that connection through the, the image. Um, and you can also uh, reflect on how things are totally outside of our control. How things, knowing the, the, the wisdom that knows that things can change so quickly, that we as much as we want to control, as much as we want things to go the way we want them to go, something else is happening that is much stronger than this small sense of self. And so, so as we're doing this and we notice that that disconnection arises, we can actually stop the equanimity and go into the reflection to see if we can get a sense of that impermanent, transient, uh, insubstantial nature of existence. After that, then we go back to the equanimity phrases and try again. So as as a way to begin, I'm going to repeat the classical phrase and then give you a couple of the other ones to help you remember, and then you'll be on your own. And, and maybe uh, I'll take a couple of minutes before we begin the meditation just for you to sense what phrases actually work for you, resonate for you. So you can, as, as you do the meditation this evening, you can use the same phrase all the way through. And that helps to settle the mind as well so that you're not changing the phrases depending on who you're actually sending to. So, so tonight, let's see if we can you know, settle on a particular phrase and then stay with that one tonight. And then if you, of course, if it, you really start to feel that it's not the right phrase and you're feeling some dissonance with it, then taking some time to change it again. But rather than changing for each group So the classical phrase, 
all beings are the owner are the owner owners of their karma. All beings are the owners of their karma. Their happiness and unhappiness depend upon their actions, not upon my wishes for them. Or the simple, uh, the simple one, may we accept things as they are. Or things are the way they are. No matter how much I may wish for things to be otherwise, things are the way they are. So take just a few minutes to reflect on the phrases that you'd like to use. And then in a few minutes we'll begin the meditation. And so when you're ready, with full relaxation in your body, breathing fully and connecting with your breath, bring the neutral person, neutral person to mind. Seeing the image of this person or the feeling presence of this person. repeating the equanimity phrases as you hold this person in your heart. Really getting a sense of what happens as you repeat these words.
Now when you're ready, bring the image of your benefactor to mind. Connecting with this person as well as you can, either through the image or feeling.
And when you're ready, bring a dear friend to mind. Bringing their image or the feeling to presence. Bringing them into your heart in connection.
when you feel ready, you can open to the difficult person. And noticing the quality of connection or disconnection. Noticing what happens in the body, the felt sense of the equanimity.
And when you feel ready, you can turn the equanimity phrases to yourself. You may find that the words may need to change a bit to accommodate sending to yourself.
in the last part of the meditation, opening the equanimity to include all beings. May all beings accept the way things are. Now, as you let go of the phrases, take a moment to bring the fullness of your attention into your body, into your experience. And notice just what's there. Whether you think this was successful or unsuccessful, letting go of any evaluation, and just being with the fullness of your experience. And seeing if you can open to what's there with an equanimous mind.
let it be. May all beings find equanimity in their mind and heart. May all beings be at peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.